What's up, everybody? My name's Tom Langan, and this is Something Good, the bite-sized podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. Welcome to episode 36, and today I want to talk about understanding history. Specifically, I want to talk about the war on drugs. Um, This is going to be a series, I think, that I'm going to do in this podcast. Because I think understanding history is uh, something that's very important. I've come to the realization in the last week or so that um, I was not given, despite the fact that my parents worked very hard to provide me with the best possible education they could. um, And I went to good schools. I went to private schools. I went to private college, um, you know, schools that were recognized as leaders in their class. Um, I realized in the last week that the history that I was taught in those schools, in school in general, um, wasn't super accurate, uh, when it comes to American history, um, and wasn't super accurate about, uh, really the motivations behind why things were done. We talked about some of the things that were done in, in U.S. history, but not really why. Um, and I think That's super important. You know, learning about the why, understanding the why um, is is probably the most important thing about learning history. Um, It's about much more than just knowing the facts, um, but understanding the reason why things came about, why things were done, why decisions were made um, is really is really instructive uh, and helps us uh, to ensure that we learn from the past and that we do not repeat history. So to that end, I'm going to do a series of podcasts called Understanding History uh, about different things that I've discovered um, that I didn't learn uh, and didn't understand previously. Um, And uh, I think I'm not alone. I think there are a lot of other people that didn't understand, didn't know um, these facts about history, understand why things were done the way they were done. Um, historically. And uh, like I said, I think that why is incredibly important. So that's what we're going to do. And today, uh, this first episode that I'm doing in this series um, called Understanding History is about the war on drugs. Now, I'm 41 years old. I grew up, um, you know, in the 80s, uh, a lot of that time during the Reagan administration, um, which which pushed the war on drugs um, pretty, uh, pretty hard, um, pretty uh, vehemently. That's not really the right word, Um, but uh, they were, it it was an important part of Reagan's administration. We'll put it that way. um, The war on drugs. Uh, And, um, and at the time, um, and even up until now, honestly, um, the war on drugs, kind of made sense in a, in a way. Uh, and I think that's exactly why it worked when you really understand the roots of the war on drugs. It's why it worked as a political tool. Cause that's exactly what it was. The war on drugs was never meant. It was never designed to actually get rid of harmful or illicit drugs. Uh, it was specifically designed. It was fabricated and created um, as a political tool. Um, and it was not for the well-being of Americans. It was not 
to get drugs off of our streets. It was not for any of those things. Those are the things we were told, but it's not why the war on drugs was actually invented, and it's not why it was pushed by pretty much every uh, presidential administration since Nixon. Um, and that's something that I didn't know until just a couple of days ago that I wasn't aware of. Um, and it shocked me when I read it. Um, it reads a little bit or sounds a little bit like a conspiracy theory, but it's it makes sense when you think about it. Uh, and it's not really a conspiracy theory. It didn't involve very many people. Um, it was a pretty small group that started it. And because uh, there was um, there were grains of truth behind it. Um, and because it was a, it was an easy logical leap to follow. Um, it, it didn't really take a lot to, to make it successful for what it was designed to do. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what I learned recently about the war on drugs, uh, how it originated and how it's been used as a political tool and why it's so important to understand those things and how it colors our uh, perception of the world and perception of people in the world around us. So to start out with, I learned about this through the work of a journalist um, whose name name is Dan Baum, who has written um, about uh, the war on drugs and has written about legalizing drugs. Um, I found it in an article in Harper's magazine. And, um, you know, I, I, again, I'm not a historian. This is going to be very this is going to be a very uh, abbreviated uh, Cliff Notes E type uh, description of what happened and 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 how they used it and and the effect, the lasting effect that it's had on our society. Um, but I would encourage everyone to do a little research on your own. Uh, Google the war on drugs. Uh, look it up. You, you'll have that name, Dan Baum, uh, that you can look up. Uh, another name, John Ehrlichman, um, that goes along with that. And you'll understand that a little bit more in a second. Um, you know, look this up for yourselves. Learn more. I'm not going to provide a, I'm not a historian. Uh, I am not a journalist. I am not trying to provide a lengthy expose on this. I just wanted to share um, uh, just a brief synopsis of, of what I found out recently that I didn't know previously. So, um, in 1994, Dan Baum was um, found Ehrlichman because he wanted to talk to John Ehrlichman about the origination of the war on drugs because it began under uh, Nixon's administration. Um, and John Ehrlichman uh, in Nixon's administration first served as White House counsel, but then went on to be Nixon's domestic policy advisor. And so logically, he seemed like a good person to talk to about um, the origination of the policy that we know as the war on drugs. Um, you should note John Ehrlichman is, uh, was one of the Watergate co-conspirators. He was convicted of several uh, crimes, including um, obstruction of justice. Um, lying under or perjury, lying under oath, perjury, um, and a couple of other things. He did spend uh, 18 months uh, in prison, in federal prison, for his role in the Watergate scandal. So that's just a little bit of background on who John Ehrlichman is. Um, 
This is what he said to, and I'm just going to read this quote. This is what he said to uh, Dan Baum in 1994. He said, quote, The Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. You understand what I'm saying? We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. So let that sink in. All right, so if John Ehrlichman is being completely honest here, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. This was 1994. This was, you know, uh, 20 plus years later. Um, you know, he uh, he obviously didn't have anything to gain by sort of keeping those kinds of secrets. Um so essentially what we take out of that is a the whole war on drugs was started under false pretenses, right? It wasn't started to actually project ugh. Wow, apparently I'm having a little trouble with my my enunciation today. Sorry about that. It didn't originate to protect Americans from dangerous illicit drugs. Um that was not it was not to make our streets safer. It was not to make Americans safer. It was specifically designed to disrupt the anti-war and black communities. Um, so so with that in mind, um, when I think to the 1980s, and the Reagan's pushing the war on drugs. When I think about the the crime bill um, uh, that was passed in the '90s during the Clinton administration, I believe um, that uh, instituted uh, mandatory minimums that put a lot of people in jail. When you look at that series of events, those policies, you come to realize that they were very successful at specifically doing one thing. And that is um, putting black and brown people in jail, um, criminalizing black and brown people um, for minor offenses. Um, you know, there are some mandatory minimums where people are doing uh, life sentences in prison for small amounts of marijuana possession, which is completely insane, especially given that so many states have either legalized or decriminalized marijuana uh, in the last several years, right? I mean, you know, Colorado and California have both fully legalized it. New York, it is decriminalized uh, and legalized for medicinal use. Um, it's probably only a matter of time. I think it's only a matter of time before marijuana becomes legal nationwide. And whether you support that or not, the point is that people should not be doing life sentences in jail. I just read an article about somebody who was doing a life sentence uh, and and ultimately what it ended up, what it boiled down to was they sold um, $20 worth of, I don't remember the, 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 the gentleman's name, 
um, in this story, but he sold $20 worth of marijuana to an undercover cop. Um, basically, the, he was acting as essentially a mule. Uh, he was supposed to transport this $20 worth of drugs, and he was going to get to keep $5. And the saddest thing about that story was when uh, after he was arrested during his interview, he was asked what he was going to spend the $5 on, and his response was food because he was homeless at the time. So a homeless man for $20 of marijuana is now spending life in prison. That is insane to me. The other thing that I think about is how this war on drugs, right, that started under the Nixon uh, presidential administration, his first administration. Um, when you think about the war on drugs uh, and how it's colored public perception and public policy to the present day, um, you know, I think of uh, how it has demonized people who have addiction problems um, and how it has demonized drug use um, in, in the sort of court of public opinion. Um, so, for example, a couple of words sprang to mind and they sprang to mind because they create there is a mental image associated with each one of these words for me. And I'm not I'm not speaking for everyone here. I'm just sharing my experience. So there is a mental image associated with each one of these words that I'm about to about to say, and I'm going to say the word. I'm going to ask you to think about what your what what mental image it conjures for you, and then I'm going to describe the image it conjures for me. All right. So the first one is crackhead. Okay. So think about that. When I say the word crackhead, what do you picture? What image springs to mind? And I'm going to tell you what image springs to my mind. It is a black man. I'm just being honest. And I, and I know that is a product of um, this, you know, this policy, this, this drug war policy, um, this war on drugs policy, and the way in which it was implemented and the way in which it was described to us and the imagery we saw associated with it in the media. But when you say crackhead, when somebody says crackhead, the image of a black man comes into my mind. Um, you know, and that's that's terrible. I'm, I don't like that about myself. I'm not happy about that, um, but it, it's it's a reality. So there's that. Then. Um, the next word I want you to think about is stoner. So, so when I say the word stoner, what is an image that pops into your head? I want you to think about that for a second. And I'll tell you about the image that pops into my head. And the image that pops into my head is somebody, is a white person, first of all, with long hair, um, who is uh, listening to music and wearing, you know, kind of vintage 70s kind of clothing, right? So sort of that image of a of a Woodstock hippie um, or the or the more, um, you know, the 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 more contemporary version of that. That's what springs to my mind when I say stoner. OK. Um, and then the last one is drug dealer. When I say drug dealer, what pops into your head? What springs to mind? What's the image? That you picture if you close your eyes and you think about the phrase drug dealer, what comes to mind? 
And unfortunately, again, the answer for me is a black man. And that's terrible. That is a terrible thing. And it's a hard thing for me to rationalize. It's hard for me to understand why that is, given that I don't I don't think of myself as someone who's racist. I know I carry biases. Um, We all carry bias. Regardless of our skin color, because we are a product of the culture in which we're raised. And the society in which we grow up. But. The fact that I picture. A black man when you say drug dealer or a black man when you say crackhead just goes to show how successful the cynical war on drugs instituted under President Nixon's administration was. It was so successful that somebody like me, who wasn't even alive when Nixon was in office, still carries the impression that they wanted to create with their campaign of the war on drugs. It was that successful. That should be sobering. And also it should inform your thinking of what's going on in the world right now. I think it is incredibly important that we are honest with ourselves and with our communities about the bias that we carry, about the impact that things we were taught have on us and the way we see the world around us. Because if we're open and honest about those things, if we understand the root cause behind the perceptions that we carry, We can start the work of undoing that damage, of undoing the campaign like the war on drugs and undoing the damage that it has done to the black community and to the United States of America. And I think that is undoubtedly something good. That's all I got for today. Like I said, um, you know, this I'm going to keep doing these series of understanding history because I want I want to share my experiences with you guys of what I'm learning about myself and about this country um, through discovering this untold history that I wasn't previously aware of. I'm I hope my hope is that by sharing these experiences, um, it will have a similar effect on some other folks. Um, but more than that, hopefully it will just encourage people to dig a little deeper, um, and to really round out their understanding of why things are going on because it is so complex. It is incredibly nuanced. None of what is happening in the world today is simple and it is not black and white. So 
that's like I said, that's it. Um, I encourage everybody to dig deeper, do a, do a little digging on John Ehrlichman. I did do a little digging into the work of Dan Baum. I did um, learn about the campaign, the origins of the campaign policy of the war on drugs um, and uh, start reading about some of the alternatives, because actually uh, the more I study about it, uh, the more decriminalization um, and treatment seems like the right way to go. Uh, at the end of the day, um, an empathetic approach seems like a much better option than a uh, criminal approach um, putting people in jail. So uh, please dig into it. I'll be back on Friday with another episode of Something Good. Uh, in the meantime, please like, share, and subscribe. Share the podcast with your friends and family. Rate us on uh, Apple Podcasts. That helps more people discover the podcast. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, if you have ideas uh, for future episodes, specifically pieces of history that you think, um, you know, we should talk about more uh, or understand better, I would I would really appreciate you sending them in. You can find us on social media at some good pod. And uh, if you find anything good you want to share, then feel free to join the Facebook group that I started around the podcast called something good for goodness sake. Um, that's all I got for today. Hope everybody's doing well, staying safe, staying sane, and working every day to understand our history and our culture and our society a little bit better so we can all work together to make this a better America. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.